Welcome to Save the Cowboy. This is Pastor Kevin Weatherby, and I invite you to saddle up and ride with us as we strike a trot to the backside of God's green pastures and learn how to live for Him. When Christy and I first got married, suddenly my life went from all about me. Suddenly I had more responsibilities. I'm sure that most of you know, and if you don't, I am not the biological father of Riley or Griffin, but I am their dad. Raised them. And it was a new experience for me because I had never been a dad before, and suddenly I didn't go through the nine-month preparation or, or anything like that. It was just like, boom, one day you're a dad. And, and there were several steps that, that actually led me to dadhood. Is that a word? Dadhood. Um, write that one down. So one day, Christy's at work. She was working on the weekends, and I'm at home. Griffin is about this big. And we get in there, and man, I started smelling something funky. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it's, no, it's no secret, you know, baby's got the best life, eat, sleep, poop. Well, he'd done the third one real good. And so I got in there, and I opened up that diaper, and hell itself came out. <laughs> Three windows exploded, the dog fainted, and the fireplace catched on fire. I swayed like this, and Griffin was like, ha, 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 and I was like, oh, deliver us, Lord. I didn't want to touch it. I put it in the garbage disposal. Where else was I going to put it? I wanted it out. I didn't want it in the trash. So when Christy got home, I was like, honey, Pack your stuff. She's like, we're leaving. I was like, we're moving, man. Griffin done violated the entire house with that diaper. We got to move. <laughs> the, the second time that dadhood really came upon me was where Riley was like, I think in the first grade. And she got up that morning and she come in and her hair was all like this. She walked in there. And she was just so cute. I mean, I just, oh, that's my little girl. And so she asked me a question and I was like, sure, honey, that's fine. She said, thanks. And she took off to do what she asked me if she could do. And so I'm in there and I'm getting ready for work and Christy's getting ready for work and she comes in there and she's like, where's Riley? I was like, well, she came in here earlier and Christy looks out the window and Riley's out there in her little nightgown just swinging, not getting ready for school or anything. She goes, what are you doing outside? She says, Dad told me I could go outside. I didn't know you couldn't go outside in your nightgown before school. Who made that rule? My new wife was not impressed with my daddy's skills at this point. I still had a lot to learn. But I think that whenever I finally really realized that I was actually a dad, was I had told Riley, I don't even remember what it was about now, I said, if you don't do that again, I'm going to bust your butt. And she did it again. And I had told her I was going to bust her butt with a belt. 
And so Christy's like freaking out. Was anybody else here busted their butt when they were a kid? Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I'd go in there, and I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. And I take my belt off, and Christy's like, uh, uh, and I'm like, turn around. And Riley's like, uh, uh, and I. <laughs> and Christy goes, really? That's it? I'm like, well, I, I did what I, because at that moment, I'm sorry, but my dad used to say, this is going to hurt me a lot worse than it's going to hurt you. I actually experienced that because it was hurting me more than it hurt her to have to do that. Now, I still did it, and, but the one that learned the lesson was not Riley, but it was me. And I tell you what, the greatest gift that I have ever been given came in the form of a woman named Christy and two kids named Riley and Griffin. And I will forever cherish those moments. But how do you know when you're a dad? When do you come to that realization? In Romans chapter 8, it doesn't really talk about being a dad. But the Apostle Paul asks, do you know what it's like to be a real Christian? Ask yourself this, have you ever sat there and just been driving down the road or something like that and you wonder, am I really a Christian? Am I really doing the things that, that I need to do? Well, the Apostle Paul tells us exactly what it takes to be a Christian. He says in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, he says, You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Let me read that one more time. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. That's, that's it. That's pretty. Uh, thank you all for coming. No, we'll go over that. What is a real Christian? Paul tells us right there, anyone who has the Spirit of God living in them, and anybody that's trusted Christ for their salvation, and acknowledged Him as Lord. How do we know, though, if the Holy Spirit is living in us? I, I know I've asked that question. I have questioned myself. If I died today, would I really go to heaven? Because only Christians go to heaven. Right? Right. There's only one way. And that's through Jesus Christ. If you died today, where would you go? Have you questioned yourself on that? Let's look at five characteristics of the Holy Spirit living within someone according to the Bible. Because if you have acknowledged Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you believe that He's the Son of God, then Jesus promised you that the Holy Spirit would come and dwell within you. So how do we know? How do we know? The first thing we're going to do is believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that eternal life is only available through Him. Do you believe that? 1 John 5, 5 says, And who can win this battle against the world? Who can win this battle against the world? Who can cover this rank bronc? Who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Are you struggling? Now, it, everything's hard. 
But it says right there that the only way you can win the battle against this world is by believing that Jesus is the Son of God. That sounds simple enough. This belief is not knowledge belief. It just doesn't mean that, yeah, I think Jesus was God's Son. Yeah, that's cool. I'm going to overcome the world now. No, it's not just something that you just say. It's something that you believe. It is life-changing. Scare the pants off of you. People start wondering what's wrong with you type of belief. How has, be how has that belief that Jesus Christ is the Son of God sent to die for our sins, how has it changed your life? How has it changed your life? The Bible says that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we become a new creation. Are you a new creation? Are you a poser? It's a question that has to be asked. The second thing, first was believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The second thing is your life will start being Christ-like. In Galatians 5, and 23, it says, God's Spirit makes us loving, happy, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and self-controlled. There is no law against behaving in any of these ways. But these ways are called the fruit of the Spirit. These are results, not actions. See, you can't just go around acting peaceful and acting happy Whenever you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, those things will come out of you. That's why it's called a fruit. You've never seen an apple tree go, to try to make an apple. It just happens. Right? Good water, good soil, good growth. That's what we need to be like. We don't need to go around suddenly saying, oh, that preacher said that I had to be... Uh, Loving, happy, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and self-controlled. How many of us are really that all the time? No. But when we have God living in us, those things will start happening automatically. You don't have to try to do them. Does the Holy Spirit reside within you? Are you really a Christian? If you died today, where would you go? You can't fake them. But you can't make them either. Number three, you will find help in your daily problems when you pray if you have the Holy Spirit living within you. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, In certain ways we are weak, but the Spirit is here to help us. For example, when we don't know what to pray for, the Spirit prays for us in ways that cannot be put into words. All of our thoughts are known to God. He can understand what is in the mind of the Spirit, and the Spirit prays for God's people. How awesome is that? Because how often have we wanted to pray and gone to the Lord and went, uh, yeah. I mean, I want to pray, but I don't know. God knows. The Spirit knows what we need before we even ask. It's the part of trying to talk to God that's important. You don't have to say the right words. You can say a jumbled up words. It doesn't matter. You don't even have to say words out loud. God knows what you need, and all He wants is that connection. And the Spirit helps us do that. You are not on your own. Never again will you be by yourself. The Holy Spirit lives within us. He promised us the Counselor, the Comforter. He's always with us. The Holy Spirit is always with us, working in us, through us, and for us. Do you feel that in your life? 
How do we know if the Holy Spirit is living within us? Is there a mushy, gushy feeling? No. You're not going to get that. You're not going to suddenly be like rainbow bright. You're going to have unicorns loping through your pasture. It's not going to happen. You don't get a church membership in the mail from God. Oh, look, I got a letter from God. It's my membership. I've got the Holy Spirit now. It's not going to happen. How do we know if the Holy Spirit is residing in us? You don't get a free welcome gift from God as His way of saying thank you for signing up. Here's your free gift. It's a tote bag. <laughs> How do you know if the Holy Spirit is living within you? The fourth way, you will be given the strength and power to serve God and do His will. Acts 1 Verse 8, But the Holy Spirit will come upon you and give you power. Then you will tell everyone about me in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and everywhere else in the world. What was the last thing Jesus said before He went back up into heaven? He said, Go out into all the world, all nations, making disciples of all men in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey my commands. And you know what? I'm going to ride with you always. That's what He told us to do. What's your purpose in life? Your purpose in life as a Christian should be to glorify God and let Him glorify you. Because He's going to use you in ways that you've never dreamed. Now, we still have jobs. I'm not saying that you have to quit your jobs and stuff like that. But you are supposed to live for Him. And in Acts 1.8, but the Holy Spirit will come upon you and give you power. What kind of power are we talking about? It's not ray beams out of your eyes so that you can melt steel. It's not the power we're talking about. It's not turning green and becoming the Hulk. Okay, this isn't an Avengers type of power. You won't be able to fly or shoot webs or climb up walls. Have you ever wondered why Spider-Man shoots webs out of his wrists? Real spiders don't do that. They shoot webs out of their butts. I think Spider-Man ought to do that. That would be a lot cooler. I'm telling you. They ought to make me one of the Marvel comic fellas. That wasn't in the notes. The power that he speaks of in this is this. Courage. Boldness, confidence, insight, ability, and authority to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is our jobs. Now, how we get that done is going to be as varied as the people in here. Nobody is going to do it the same way. God has given you a unique ministry, and every single one of you that call yourselves Christians have a ministry. And you need to fulfill that ministry. The last way to know if the Holy Spirit is living in you is you will become part of God's plan to build the church. In Ephesians 4, 12 and 13 it says, so that His people would learn to serve His and His body would grow strong. Talking about the church. This will continue, continue until we are united by our faith and by our understanding of the Son of God. Then we will be mature just as Christ is and we will be completely like Him. We will all fit together in a perfect way that only God can do so that the church will be unified so that we can glorify God so that whenever we die and we get up there to heaven, it will ha we will all have eternity. 
We overestimate what we can do on our own and underestimate what we can do as a church. What do you think you could do on your own versus what would happen if you used your unique gifts and abilities and we all pooled our resources and our abilities together? We could do things like Renee and Diego and Pauline are doing. Change the world a little bit at a time. The unified church can accomplish more than a handful of individuals. But yet today, churches are being torn in half because of disputable matters and somebody's opinion over another one. I'm here today to say, I call that BS. I am sick of churches all across this country being divided. We need to come together. We need to come together and do what God told us to do. Get involved in the body of Christ. It's what you need to do. If you don't know what you're supposed to do, pray about it. Trust God that He will show you what you're supposed to do. Remember, Moses was 75 or 80 years old before his purpose was revealed, so if you don't know what's going on, just be patient. Pray about it, trust God, and use what you're already good at. Everybody's good at something. We've all been given gifts. It's biblical. Have you ever worried that you're not really a Christian? I've seen some kids that were more cowboy than some adults with horses and living corded horse trailers. You ever seen those kids that dress like cowboys every single day? They woke up, I mean, they put their boots on. They spoke like cowboys every day whether they knew what they were saying or not. They live for everything cowboy. Everything, I mean, ropes, guns, holsters. You know, they didn't care if it was a stick horse. They was going to ride every single day. They were honest like they knew cowboys should be. They didn't care what anyone else thought. Their only care in the world was to be a cowboy. Can you be that type of Christian? How do you present yourself every day? Do people know you're a Christian? Can they just look at you and go, something's different about him, her? How do you speak? Is it like a Christian? Do you talk Christian? And I'm not talking about big fancy church words. I'm talking about uplifting, positive, loving. Do you live for God every single day? Or just on Sunday mornings or maybe whenever there's a problem? Are you honest like a Christian should be? Do you care what anyone else thinks? Is your only care in the world to do God's will? Being a Christian is like being a mom or dad. It's not really what you do or how you got there. It's about who you are and what defines you. How you define yourself will come out in your actions. Riley and Griffin may not have started out as my children, but they are now. They have the full benefits as if they were my own flesh and blood. They have everything that I have. They will inherit everything that I have. They may make me mad at times, but they can never make me unlove them. And that's what you have with God. Romans 8, 14 and 17 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. You have all the benefits as God's children. You will inherit everything 
that Jesus had. A close relationship with God, eternal life. Because you're God's children. And you may make God mad sometimes and you may disappoint Him, but He will never unlove you. Never. For all who are led by the Spirit are children of God, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba, Father. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are His children, we are His heirs. Together with, In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share His glory, we must also share in His suffering. Today's been tough. I know it has. But I hope that God has spoken to you. A little scary sometimes. But it's time. It's time for all of us to be who God made us to be and do the things that He would have us do. Not by our power, but by His. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your message today. May You lead us and guide us. Lord, as we all struggle sometimes in our faith, Lord, we just know that, that You are here to comfort us and guide us. But Lord, most importantly, the only important thing is that we learn to trust in Your Son, to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, because without that we cannot receive the Holy Spirit and the power that comes within with that. Lord, I invite that person today that's been questioning themselves about where they would go if they died today to invite Jesus as their Lord and Savior right now. They don't have to come up here. They don't have to say any fancy words. Just accept Him as their personal Lord and Savior and begin that life as a new creation. Lord, we pray all these things in Your most heavenly name. Amen. You know, this old world is full of tough trails and scary switchbacks. Our prayer is that God spoke to you today through His Word. If you heard God talking to you, just get on the internet and visit us at SaveTheCowboy.com. We're trying to reach every corner of the globe wherever there might be a cowboy or cowgirl that needs to hear God's Word in a way that they can understand. But we can't do that without your support. You can become a saddle partner with us at our website, www.SaveTheCowboy.com or contact us at 303-621-0133. Get out there and do what God's telling you to do. This program was brought to you by Western LLC, facility development for the oil and gas and aviation industries across the western United States. Reach them at westernllc.net. Also by the good folks at Integrity Auto Repair in Kiowa, Colorado, and Comanche Creek Enterprises. Contact them today for no-till drilling and burrowing rodent control.